Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host... Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net where we bring you investment strategies that you are not hearing elsewhere. Send us your emails at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to download and listen to podcast interviews of past shows and episodes and interview interviews, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright. We're very pleased you've joined us today and today is June 26, 2015, and we're honored and pleased to be talking to Michael Markowski of Dynasty Wealth. Michael, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks for having me on, Charlie. So, Michael, uh, you've worked in the financial markets on the investment management side for over 35 years. You uh, did uh, some diagnostic work on an autopsy basis on Enron, and as a result of that, came up with strategies for evaluating companies. And so you started StockDiagnostics.com from doing that. Uh, you uh, are now into social community investing analysis. You You've been the columnist for Equities Magazine for six years, and you select markets and stocks that are ready to soar or ready to fall apart. So tell us uh, about your background and what it is you're doing today. You know, after being in the business for a long time in all different kinds of capacities, uh, um, actually on Wall Street, um, being on Wall Street, as, an, as uh, did some analysis, portfolio management, you know, um, underwriter, investment banker, uh, broker, the whole shoot and match. Um, it, basically, what happened is uh, I uh, got I got into the financial information industry, in um, because I what I did in early in my career, I found there was a mathematical relationship between stock price and financial statement. Um, data. So I found uh, that's what I found early, very early on, back in when I joined the industry back in the early in the late 70s, 77. Actually, what happened is that so I've always been a student of of the the relationship between stocks and their financial statements. You know, re- re- believe very heavily in that, and. Uh, over the years, I mean, in, 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 I basically what I did is um, I founded a company that um, had, 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 had got a bunch of, we, we basically got the data, and we, we built the software that could detect anomalies in the financial statements of public companies. And I started doing all this research on this stuff. And, uh, and what happened, about the time that I'd completed the software, um, Enron, came out and failed 
and file for bankruptcy. And I thought it was the oddest thing because when bankrupt, when Enron went bankrupt, it had been trading for fifty-five dollars a share that summer. And by December, it was in bankruptcy. And when it went into bankruptcy, it had twenty-eight buys ratings and no sell ratings on it by a Wall Street analysts. So I decided to take my new system that I developed and, and really do an autopsy on Enron. And I went in and I figured out what I went, I went in and did all this analysis on it, all this, my autopsy, and I figured out what killed it. Uh, I then went and took that, that, uh, that, what I found out, and I discovered there was uh, about 300 companies in the prior five years that had also died from the exact same cause that killed Enron including Sunbeam, which died under very similar mysterious uh, uh, circumstances five years earlier. So uh, so basically what happened is uh, that wound up, you know, I wound up creating this uh, stockdiagnostics.com website, which monitors the cash flow on all public companies. And what I found is I found that um, the cash flow is the key metric for all comfort to, to track for all companies. Uh, it's it's the it's it's really the true indicator of the health of a company, and what happened with Enron is Enron was reporting record earnings and record negative cash flow for the first two for the last two quarters it was alive, and that's why its stock was going up. So it was basically it was playing the earnings game, and there's a lot of companies out there I've found over the years that have had that basically will report earnings, but there's no cash behind those earnings. So this really set, set me off to become really, I really became an expert on cash flow after learning all this stuff. And uh, then what happened is I then became a columnist for Equities Magazine, and I started using these cash flow metrics to make predictions both on you know the buy side and the sell side, the short side. And that's when I wrote my article about Lehman. Merrill Lynch and Bear Stearns all had horrible cash flow metrics. They were all reporting record earnings um, in September of nineteen, uh, September of two thousand and seven. And I said that this they had the same characteristics really as Enron, and that the, I, I warned all my readers to get out of the stocks. And uh, sure enough, a year later, and you know, Lehman was bankrupt. Bear Stearns was gone. These stocks were all in their eighties and nineties, a hundred dollars a share. Uh, when I put out my article uh, for Equities Magazine at that time, so uh, so what happened is because of all this, um, you know, um, actually what happened was uh, the the but you know so I used my cash flow metrics to really become you know a cash flow expert and have been recognized you know the media has you know has recognized me as such Fortune Forbes all of them, but uh, so what happened was um, the. Um, I wound up because of my um, because of my knack for research and my thirst for research about the markets, and because my company that I had founded that did all these anomaly that could produce look at all this software that look at anomalies and financial statements. Actually, the company that I founded was in, we were we were in the business of, of, of what we wanted to do was basically automatically report on anomalies on all public companies worldwide as they appeared and sell that information to investors. So what happened when crowdfunding was launched? I basically came out uh, when crowdfunding when the Jobs Act was packed, passed in two thousand and twelve. 
I realized that the, this false financial data, historical financial data that I had, was the key to the entire crowdfunding market, the whole new crowdfunding industry. And I started doing all this research about um, about um, you know what I, with the potential of the crowdfunding market. And in doing that research, I went back and did some some um, a lot of research on the web, how the web was founded in 1995 and 1996 by uh, Net by Netscape and Yahoo. And what happened was that digital economy. What happened with the web is the web uh, when it, when the web when when Netscape came out with the browser in '95. It, it commercialized that browser and made it available for free. It made the it made the the internet very easily accessible to the internet internet, and was the first step to making the internet ubiquitous. Um, then when Yahoo followed on with the information portal in early '96, that was the second key part to the internet becoming ubiquitous. Because you know the browser without you know it, it was like a train without a track without the information. So what happened next? Is all these web stocks took off, and it was amazing. I did all, I did all the research on all those web stocks, and I found that you know Yahoo went up 200 times from its IPO to its high of 99, its pre 2000 high. This is between 96 and 99. Yahoo didn't even have any revenue basically when they when they filed their IPO statement with the SEC. Uh, and they went to a multi-billion valuation fairly quickly after they did their IPO. And then, of course, eBay had 853 users when it filed it for its IPO, and its stock price went up 30, 36 times from the day of its IPO to for in, in 12 months, in the first 12 months after its IPO. I found the same thing with Amazon. In 1999, there were 500 dot-com companies that went public that doubled on their first day, something like 500 of them, I believe, of the, of the web companies in 1999. So we were, that was a period that was, it never had seen, been seen before. And I didn't think it would ever be seen again. But, but, you know, but then crowdfunding came along. And I realized that the, you know, because, because the mass demographics of the web, see, the web grew from 16 million at the start of 96 to 360 million by the end of 2000. That's a huge. That's a that's a huge utility that came into being, and it grew to seven hundred million by two thousand and three. Being the really and really created the the critical mass for the social media industry to, to erupt. So basically, what's happened because of my my research abilities and because of my quest and my being a student of the of, of the market, and and also that history always repeats itself. I did extensive research on that whole period, and I was able to determine that there was a transformation uh, from the, 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 the global economy switched from an industrial to a digital economy in, um, in, in 1996. And the last time the world transformed from, from it made a huge transformation like that was in the late 1800s. I also did this research, too. And in the late 1800s, the economy was all agriculture. But when the railroad came in, it created basically it, it commercialized everything. And the railroad in the 1980s was like the internet was in the 19 in the, in the 1990s. The railroad basically created an opportunity for dynasty wealth to be built by the Rockefellers, uh, the Whitney's, you know, um, the the um, Vanderbilts. All these families were able to to 
generate massive wealth between 1880 and 1930 because of because of because the transformation from the agricultural economy to the industrial economy worldwide in the late and really in 1870 to 1880. Okay, so so Michael, what what uh, let's bring together here your uh, experience, uh, what Dynasty Wealth does, and how it is able to take advantage of your research and what you have found. Well, what I'm leaning up here to, Charlie, is that we're in a period right now that I realized, um, that, that, that I came to the realization that we're in the best period in the history of the world for investors to build, uh, uh, Dynasty wealth. We're talking returns of ten to one hundred times your money in this decade, by between now and the end of the decade, because uh, this digital economy has emerged and it's basically moving through all sectors of the economy. And if you understand how this works and you get and you get in on this thing and you have someone who can guide you through this, you got a shot of basically having a portfolio of a hundred stocks that could go up a hundred times. Okay between now and the end of the decade. Now, that could never have been done in all my years I've been in the business. It couldn't have been done in the 80s or the 90s, because in the 80s, there was maybe a handful of companies. There was Microsoft, Apple, you know, in the 90s and the 80s that went that really went public, that, that you could have made you created Dynasty Wealth. There wasn't 100 companies between the, eight, the 70s, the 80s, and the, and, and the mid-90s, and, okay, that you could have done this with. In the world, I'm saying there's going to be a thousand that are going to emerge between now and the end of the decade that are going to go up a hundred times. Okay, and this is because of uh, crowdfunding and other social investment community types of of investing opportunities. Well, so, so, so there's three. So we're now in the digital economy. Okay, we've transformed from the from the digital Uber. There's riots today in France. Okay, about the taxicab drivers right. who basically are rioting because of Uber. Uber is a is a good example of this. Uber is a is a online software app. It's a, a smartphone software application that's basically transforming an industry, the taxi and limousine industry, that's been really in place for thousands of years, and it's displacing this whole industry and wreaking havoc within the whole industry. It's a digital, because it's digitalizing, it's digitizing an industry that was offline, that is offline. So it's bringing it online. So that's a good example of, of that. So the key is, so smartphone applications is what we're looking for. Companies that have smartphone applications, there's going to be, the number of people on the internet, because Apple launched a smartphone in 2007, the number of people on the internet is going to grow to probably five to six billion because of the smartphone by by 2018. That number used to be about two billion, but with the smartphone, you don't need wires or anymore. Everybody can everybody can have access to the internet. So if you got a product, if a company is a, a company is a product that they start selling. And it starts selling to these six billion people. It's going to an instant billion dollar valuation. Okay, and there's going to be so many of these things that uh, that that's why we we named the community Dynasty Wealth Investing because that's all we're looking for is these type of companies for our members. And so you are looking to identify the next Facebooks and Yahoos and. Uh, 
uh, Amazons, etc. That's what you're looking to do, and you're doing that through your research methodology that you created in doing the autopsy on Enron and then working from there. Is that is that accurate? That's right, and and I think and, and the other thing I think very important is the cash flow. I know cash flows. I know the right industries, and I know the wrong industries. I know the best industries, the best type of industries, the best type of businesses that generate cash, you know, positive cash flow and and growing cash flow. Okay. If you can get into those things, then that's that's where you're going to create the wealth. Michael, let's stop right there, and when we come back, let's talk about the the four key areas of the economy where you see exceptional opportunity. We're talking with Michael Markowski of Dynasty Wealth, and uh, you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, back to Charlie as we talk about the new digital economy. Thank you, Paul. We're talking with Michael Markowski of Dynasty Wealth. And, Michael, it sounds like uh, you have focused on crowdfunding and in specific uh, social investing community through apps, etc. And you see tremendous opportunity over the next five years or so to uh, increase people's investments by 100 times or more because of the rapid growth that's going to be occurring in uh, different uh, different companies. Is that accurate? Yeah, the different companies, yes. Um, and actually, it's whole industries are going to spawn numerous, each one, numerous companies. Yeah, I, I, the other day I saw uh, an article and it raised the question. It, it said, is Airbnb really worth more than all of Marriott hotels combined? And that's exactly what you're talking about, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and so you're looking for the Airbnbs, and you have the background and experience that is being taken from the focus that you have on uh, cash flow from operations. You look at that, and you feel very confident that you can identify those investment opportunities that can be explosive in the very near future. Absolutely. Okay, so tell us, uh, on your website, uh, and in hearing you speak, you talk about the, I believe, four different key areas of the economy where there's going to be exceptional opportunities. Tell us about those briefly, will you? Well, one of them clearly is the smartphone app, smartphone apps, okay, because... uh, there, there was a uh, there was a company that just did an IPO early this week by the name of Fitbit. Yeah, okay. yeah. It did, a, it did an IPO. What it has, it's got a smartphone application. 
for uh, people uh, for their fitness, for people to manage their fitness. And this thing was founded in like 2012. Did an IPO at a four billion dollar, three years, four billion dollar valuation. And the founders who put the money in that company in 2012 made a hundred times their money in three years. Okay, so um, another one obviously is Uber. Okay, smartphone application. You get in your smartphone. You basically you 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 you, you don't even make a phone call. You just hit the, the button, and the taxi shows up. The driver takes you where you want to go. A lot easier, a lot simpler. Okay, Airbnb is another one. So there's there's another one. I have a company right now that is in our community um, that basically has a smartphone application that will enable um, you to manage your own glucose with your smartphone, to check your own glucose without pricking your finger, okay, with your smartphone. Uh, I saw another one on TV the other day where there's a smartphone where you can analyze your breath to determine whether it's sweet enough for your honey or if you got too much alcohol in you. <laughs> you know, if I get that for Christmas, I'll know that my wife listened to our show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So the point is is that that there's as, ma- as much as you can imagine, there's people out there imagining what to put on these smartphones, okay? Okay. And the applications. And if you understand, see, this is all about if, you're, if your listeners here, Charlie, understand that it's going to happen if you're just if you're if you understand and you're out the lookout for this stuff and you're going to if you want to make these kind of investments, they're out there and people are making a, a fortune like okay. never before. Okay, you're making so, some very compelling points. So, so smartphone applications that that's one of the four areas. Well, what are some others? The next one is cannabis. Cannabis is being totally deregulated. And it's 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 growing um, internationally. It's been it's been prohibited. CBD oil, cannabis. Um, I believe that it's a hundred billion dollar industry. The thing uh, the thing about the, the cannabis industry, which is so significant, this is an industry that's already this is our industry that's already probably thirty billion dollars. Okay, it's just illegal. Okay, so. What happens, those businesses that, when those states legalize, and those businesses that provide the infrastructure to make it easy for those people who are already using it to get it legally, they're going to boom. So you're going to, so I've like cannabis infrastructure providers. You know, anybody who, you know, I'm not interested in the growers, I'm and growing those who grow cannabis, I'm interested in those who basically get it, cut it, you know, uh, put it into goods, um, and stuff like that. I mean, just the security business right now and just, you know, um, transporting uh, marijuana in Colorado, Oregon, and Washington is a huge business. Just, tra- just putting them in armored trucks. Yeah. You know, that's an infrastructure play, you know. Okay. So, for for time reasons, Michael, what, what are the last two? Last two are crowdfunding, Okay. And the crowdfunding, there's um, the, the you're going to have six, you're going to have four billion people that are going to be able, they're going to be watching a uh, television show, and, and they're going to be watching the home crowdfunding channel instead of the shopping channel, and they're going to be putting a hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars there. Uh, people are going to basically say instead of going to dinner, a young couple's going to say, let's watch the crowdfunding show tonight and put a hundred bucks in something. That's where that's going. That's going to be bigger. The crowdfunding is going to be the 
biggest thing in terms of uh, on corporate finance in our lifetime. So, again, I'm looking for the infrastructure providers in that industry as well. Okay. 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 And the last one. Last one is the first movers, and those companies have, that have intellectual property that's highly scalable. Okay, so I'm looking for companies that I'm looking for a company that has gotten EPA approval after spending twenty million dollars developing a product, and there's and no one knows about it, and that product can be basically um, bought by the masses, and, and and it has no no competition. So I have those kind of companies. And of course, first movers are those companies that are the first to end the, into a brand new marketplace like Uber. They're also Uber and Airbnb. They're also first movers and they're going to major new markets and disrupting marketplaces, traditional marketplaces. Well, Michael, I've got to tell you, we've done dozens and dozens of interviews, and they've been very, very interesting, and we, we have talked to stock pickers, and we have talked to people who are in and recommend uh, being in and out of various markets, and to investment advisors, investment managers, and to people who have newsletters, and you, I can tell you right now, you are highly focused, and everything that you say, uh, I've got to admit, it, it makes common sense here, and it does look like we are headed to tremendous opportunities in those uh, in those economic areas that you talk about. But something that is not clear to me right now is what does Dynasty, Dynasty Wealth do, and then how do you help uh, its, its um, subscribers or whoever they are to benefit from your ideas and the things that you are uncovering? Well, what we do is we're, a, we're basically, we're the middleman. We find the opportunities. We bring them into our community, into Dynasty Wealth, the companies that have this kind of potential. And then we do something that know that that's the most important thing, Charlie, in, in creating Dynasty Wealth, and that is we provide research coverage on the companies for at least three years. That means we're going to give you updates. The hardest problem, the, the, the secret to creating Dynasty Wealth is when you find one holding it, Okay. And it's very difficult when you find something that's up ten times what you paid for it to hold on. So you need hand-holding, you need coaching, and you need research. You need somebody to say, wait a minute, don't sell all that. It's going, it's got another five times, it's going to go to about 50 times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's the most important thing. So, so we find those companies, and then we basically, we, we provide them in the ongoing research to our members who join the community and, so this is about joining something and being involved with something until the end of the decade is really what it's all about, because and, uh, we're going to provide that ongoing research. Okay, and, and you make an excellent point, uh, because there are times to get in, there are times to stay in, and there are times to get out, um, especially of things that, that are moving rapidly, and to have that kind of direction, not just to identify it when to get in, but how long to stay in. So give us a website and contact information so that people can learn more directly from Dynasty Wealth. The website is dynastywealth.com, and um, there's there's videos on that site. There's a whole slate of videos that are very all educational videos that follow up on what I've what I've said. Not marketing videos, educational videos on what, I've, what we've been talking about. Um, there's also information about me at michaelmarkowski.net. Uh, there's also free memberships, free silver. We, have, we give away 
30-day free silver memberships to Dynasty Wealth at michaelmarkowski.net. So if somebody goes to my website, michaelmarkowski.net, they can pick up a free 60-day silver membership. And that will enable them to basically uh, get access to some of the companies that we've already found and the research on them so that they can basically start building their, you know, start immediately learning how to build Dynasty Wealth and start building Dynasty Wealth. So spell Markowski for our listeners, please, Michael. M-A-R-K-O-W-S-K-I. Okay, obviously a good Irish name here. Yeah, MichaelMarkowski.net. Okay. And uh, so... What uh, do you make? How many recommendations are, or how many positions are you following? One and number two, are these private equity plays or are these all publicly traded uh, companies? Well, we have the, our silver memberships get access to all all of our public company members that all the public companies that we identify. So yeah, the the silver memberships are all public companies. Um, the other membership, the premium memberships, will include private equity, private uh, equity plays. And when you, when I was talking about Yahoo earlier and eBay and Amazon going up a hundred times, two hundred times, etc., from their IPOs, if you'd gotten to those things prior to their IPOs, you would you would have made a thousand times your money by, by buying in them privately prior to their IPOs. At the, you know, over the same time period. And about how many do you recommend at, or follow at any given time? Well, right now we you know, we're very very choosy. We have five companies right now in the community, and uh, we're we're probably I project we'll have you know by, by the end of next year we'll have at least a hundred. Okay, okay, and uh, well, Michael, we have to congratulate you. you. You're doing something we're not hearing about elsewhere, and we really appreciate you being on today and uh, sharing this with us. Uh, final uh, quick word for our listeners as we sign off here. I think that we're we're in a. Uh, I think that we're the you know the the, the question is is uh, what keeps you know what I'm, what's driving me right now. I think that the, and, and the next five years is the most special time in the history of the world. There's enormous. It's, it's going to provide enormous and extremely rare opportunity for all of us and for our members to create dynasty wealth. I don't think there'll ever be a period like this when we get into the, you know, 20, 30 years out. Because what'll have, all the money is made when, the, when, a, when an economy is transformed from agricultural to industrial, industrial to, to digital. Okay? So we're talking, there's a short time period where there's a lot of money where people can become the Rockefellers by creating a, a diversified portfolio. Right now, okay? And that, and that's where we're very rare. So I work around the clock, eighteen hours a day, seven days a week, on this because you know we're not we're not always going we're not going to live forever. <laughs> well, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that's true. Well, Michael, again, thank you very much for joining us here, uh, Michael Markowski of Dynasty Wealth. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we wish everyone productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. 
Investing is not rocket science. Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services LLC or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.